Okay, hello everybody. This is Jen Springer. I'm a Platinum with Young Living, and I've been with the company since 2001. You know, and I remember way back at the beginning, because for those of us that have been doing this for a while, you know, we forget sometimes way back how we felt when we first started. And I just remember driving to work, because I hated my job, like, more than you can understand. I remember driving to work, looking through my windshield, peering up through that little blue strip through the top and looking at the sky thinking, send me something that I can do for a living that I won't feel like I go to work every day hating it, something I won't ever tire of and something I can make a difference and really help people's lives. Because I worked for Nissan as an engineer in the quality department and I really don't know how much I was contributing to people's lives. And that corporate environment for me was very toxic. But you know, it's funny because to this day, I still get very excited when a box comes from Young Living. I still track my packages, which is crazy because it's been a long time. <laughs> and when they show up on my door, I can't wait to open the door and rip open the box and get that plastic off and just go and dive into that. And I feel like the same way as if I did when my very first order, because I did that at the very first Essential 7 with Valor, M. Grain, and White Angelica. That was my very first order. And so it is such a gift that we have the opportunity from Young Living to do this as a business. You know, a lot of people say, oh, I don't want to do a business, and I don't have any interest in that. You know what I'm like? You guys, that's the biggest gift on the planet that this company offers is a way for us to get healthy and do our own business and get rid of that stress and those jobs that we may hate. You know, I know some of you have jobs you love, and that's just super fantastic. I wasn't that person, though. I know a lot of you are not in situations that you're happy in, or you may love your job and you're not making enough money, and Young Living helps with that. And, you know, share that message with other people and tell the stories. There's so many of us that I don't know where I would have been. I got sick in 2007, and I didn't work for a few years. And if I had any other job other than what I do now, and when I got sick, I would have probably been homeless. Young Living kept paying me as I took care of myself and took care of my life. And when I came back to start building my business again in 2011, 2012, then I could pick up right where I left off and build and build and broke through to platinum. So where I don't know. I know if I was on FMLA leave, they would have booted me off and I would have probably had no income if I worked for Nissan still. So it's just such a blessing that we have this company that takes care of us through thick and thin, really. And so are you registered for convention yet? You know, I'll tell you what, hotels are selling out really fast. Get your ticket and your room locked in so you aren't in the back 40 that's really far away to get to conference every day. There's little, you know, funky bunk hotels that are around you want to be as close as you can to the Salt Palace. So get your hotel locked in and get your ticket. You want to be in the heart of what's going on. Unless you have a car, but still, you know, it makes it fun where you can just walk across the street and go back to your hotel or just walk a block or two. So we're in the second month of the year. We're in February. And I'm asking you an honest question. Are you moving and shaking towards your goals? Are you where are you at where you wanted to be when you set goals back in January? And if you're not... Get your motivation, get that thing in the diffuser, rub some magnify your purpose on your belly, and go and start to revise your business plan and what you're going to do and then take massive action so you can be where you want to be by the end of next month. So I want to give a shout-out to my assistant, Brenna, who enrolled her second person this week. This is a person, and if you guys probably think, well, we'll be due, but I'll tell you, this is a big deal because this is a person who 
kicked and screamed about even getting her enrolled. And she used to look at my oils and roll her eyes. <laughs> and one day she came over to my house to help me out in my office, and I gave her a half a glass of Ningxia Red, full of Ningxia Red, and then the rest of the glass was water. I gave her a very generous dose, probably four or five ounces at least. And she took a sip, didn't like it, and poured it down the drain. Okay, I can hear you guys gasping. I think I gasped. I almost fell on the floor. And I remember that specifically. Now she totally loves it. She can't get enough. But it's just kind of funny. But I remember when she enrolled and she said those infamous words that I know you guys have heard this, I'm not going to do this as a business. <laughs> she's enrolled her second person, and I'm so happy she's going to get another check for sponsoring somebody at the, the the premium center kit. So I'm giving her a virtual high five from here. So everybody, be sure you've got your 100 PV order so that you get your full commission check, and make sure that that's on the central rewards so you get all the bonuses that you are entitled to. And if you're new, go through the stuff that you want and the stuff that you need. And then put the stuff you need, start breaking it down into the order that you can afford and do that on your essential rewards. And then the fun stuff that you want, you use that for cashing in your points. So I just love that. Jihan gave us that tip a couple weeks ago. And uh, let's see, anything else? Oh, yes. We got the, um, let's see, what do we got here? We got the Blue Spruce and the Copa Eba this month for 190 PV. You also get your product credit with 250 and then the extra 10% with these 300 for the essential rewards. I don't know about you guys, but I'm just really thrilled about that because last month I got over $120 for my auto ship extra bonus. So tonight is our Monday call, which will last 30 to 45 minutes depending on where we go. This is a part two, and I can't wait to reintroduce Steve if you guys haven't met him before. And it's going to be short and sweet. Get back to our evening. If you're looking to get any of the recordings that have been done previously and you, or you're not on the mailing list, you want to make sure you get on the email list, go to OurSimpleTraining.com and click on the Monday night call button and everything is there, including Steve's part one call. Because this is like a pick, you know, a, um, a part two section that will continue from where that left off. So Steve is going to do some review and, and stuff like that, but if you want to hear the full thing, go there. And so we, tonight's guest is Steve Sheridan. Um, he was an Army major. He's also a Young Living Silver, a combat veteran, an author, and a certified financial counselor. And that's why he's talking about money. Steve is going to give us the second part of the two-part series so you can get your financial life in tip-top shape. And like I said, a few weeks ago, he did part one, so go to Our Simple Training and listen to that if you didn't hear it already. And his program is perfect for my personal team's goals, which is debt-free in 2014. And his book has this beautiful, easy map, which is simple to follow and really helps you get on track and make sense of how to get yourself in a very good financial place. And so he personally dug himself out of 40 grand of debt and he has been counseling people for the last 12 plus years on how to get rid of debt and create wealth. And so about two years ago, I'm looking, I'm looking at my calendar, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's already been two years since like yesterday, 2012, he released a little book called Waging War on Debt to help with military professionals get out of debt and create wealth. Well, he's updated that for Young Living, the 10 Steps for Health and Wealth, which is going to be a very effective financial plan for you guys to use in your Young Living business. And what I feel is going to happen with this program is you guys will be able to work with your teams 
and create this culture of very solid, you know, healthy finances as well as healthy body, right, and mind and spirit. And, of course, you know, we often, you know, say with, how, you know, our finances that we really exclude them and people don't even want to think about it. But it's very much a part of our physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being is our finances. So, and I also have exciting news um, that Steve is going to be sharing with you about the last, since the last call, about what has happened with this book since then. So, Steve, welcome very much to the call. I'm so glad that we're doing this part two because I couldn't wait to hear what you're going to have, you know, next. I know you're going to do a review and then you're going to go a little bit deeper into the other stuff you didn't cover. So how are you doing today? Great, great. Thanks, Jen, for inviting me back. Uh, Hats off to everyone for taking a break from the Olympics and going for your personal gold medal of financial freedom this year. So as you mentioned, um, I'll give a quick uh, overview on the map, uh, just for those who might not, might be the first time listening, and then I'll go deeper into steps uh, six through ten. But as you look at the uh, the printout, you can see you start on the left and you move to your right. And so some steps you'll do for the rest of your life, like steps one and two, and then other steps you'll do and uh, and then complete. And so I have a place for you to write in dates for when you achieve a goal. And then other areas, you can use your pencil and you write down your target date of when you want to get all your debt uh, killed or um, as you're uh, working towards your next level in uh, young living. Uh, the circles on the top, that's to help um, executives and below earn their rising star team bonus. So as you uh, pick your key leaders uh, to achieve those different requirements, and then again, obviously, uh, once you're silver and above, again, so it helps you focus on, on your leaders within your organization. Uh, I want to give a big plug for um, my uh, full-size poster that you can order from me. Uh, you know, everybody's got a you know, small uh, printout, but the actual one is an 11 by 17-inch poster. And on the back, I have uh, the 10 steps explained, plus the Young Living ring qualifications, and then also a spot to work on your SMART goals as you work forward. Now, uh, steps one through five. Uh, step one is health and wealth education. Like anything we do in life, we have to uh, learn, uh, key to success in any, any endeavor. And so you've been learning how to about young living oils and other, other things, and tonight we're focusing on young living abundance, the financial aspects. Uh, step two is serving to success helping others through our oils, talents, times, touch, and treasures. You know, you can't help but um, be blessed as you help others, whether it's, again, through your time or your, or your talents. Step three is a partial emergency fund of $1,000 in cash, uh, not in a bank account or anything, you know, $1,000 at home for, uh, you know, financial or natural disaster. And the reason why you want to save up cash for three reasons, one, is uh, four emergencies, two is to avoid debt so you don't have to use a credit card, and three, so you can create wealth. Uh, step four is personal protection, uh, life insurance, wills, etc. You know, just like our seatbelt protects us from harm and the unexpected, insurance helps us uh, share the risk. Uh, last time we talked about how essential rewards um, acts can uh, act like insurance and ensure that you never miss your Young Living Commission check by being on essential rewards, uh, having your 100 uh, PV uh, in there, 
uh, you know, something might happen and you might forget to order, but you always be sure to earn your Young Living Commission check. Uh, step number five is uh, you incorporated, which is building your Young Living business. Again, a lot of people, you know, get involved with Young Living uh, because it's such a great product and it helps with uh, some health issue. Uh, but then eventually they learn about uh, the business aspect. And again, uh, if you'd listened to uh, the recording three weeks ago, get uh, more detail on that because, again, that covers a lot there. But uh, tonight we're going to start off with uh, step number six, uh, killing debt. Hey, hey, Jen, where were you on the morning of 9-11-2001? Do you remember? <laughs> I was still working corporate. I um, had just started my Young Living business, and I remember sitting at the computer and watching those planes hit into the building. Yeah, I don't think anybody's going to forget when that happened. I was nope. in California uh, walking into my daily staff meeting uh, out at Fort Irwin, and, uh, you know, basically that that's the day my life changed as well because I've been uh, deployed three times now, at Iraq, Afghanistan, and Honduras. And so it really changed my life. Uh, but since that day, America's been waging a global war on terrorism, but what many people don't realize is long before 9-11, um, our personal finances have been under attack. And just like, you know, when we're fighting terrorists, sometimes it's hard to recognize our enemies because uh, they don't wear uniforms. Um, so one of my goals today is to put a huge bullseye on our, tar our targets and help identify them. Hey, Jen, have you ever cooked a frog before? Cooked a frog? <laughs> yeah. I have, I've eaten frog, but I haven't cooked one. I know that the story goes, you don't you you cook it slowly and it doesn't even realize it's being cooked? Right, yeah. You wouldn't want to throw it into a pot of boiling water. Um, you know, you know, be kind of cruel and you try to jump out. But like you said, <laughs> you put it in a regular pot of water and you slowly turn up the heat. And before uh, it knows, it, it, he's cooked. And unfortunately, that's what's kind of happened to us in America. So I'm going to give you a quick uh, history lesson on credit. In the 1950s, Jim McNamara in New York City started the Diners Club card. 1958, San Francisco, Bank of America issued their Bank of America card, which became Visa in 1976. Then in 1966, MasterCard started. 1969 was the first ATM machine. Debit cards were introduced in 1970. So during the 70s, only 15% of Americans had a credit card. Can you guess how much, how many people have credit cards today? I bet Depends you it's got to be like 85%. Right. Uh, 45 to 60% of Americans have two-plus credit cards, and then 9 to 20% of Americans have 10 credit cards. Holy now, smoke. Now, yeah, why do you think they have 10 credit cards? Because they keep spending more than they make. Right. Yeah, so they've they maxed out nine credit cards, so they have to get that 10th credit card. It's really oh, crazy. God. So, you know, so again, it's kind of that, you know, that frog in the pot. You know, we didn't get where we are overnight, but gradually over time, um, our great-grandparents thought debt was a sin. Then our grandparents, they borrowed for large purchases like a house. And then our parents started borrowing for, like, big-ticket items like a car or a boat. And now today you can buy anything on credit. So, again, it's been that gradual over time. And so, unfortunately, a lot of people are in debt because of that. 
when I talk about the dangers of credit cards, I hear all the time, but Steve, I pay my credit card off every month and get all those cool points and a free T-shirt. <laughs> well, most don't, but even if you do, studies show that you spend 20% more with a credit card than you do with cash. You know, why, why do you think people, uh, stores offer you that uh, 10% discount if you sign up for their credit card when you walk into their store? Well, that's because they want you to, because they know they're going to make that back in interest. Right, oh, and more so. Because, again, studies show that you spend about 20% more with a credit card than uh, you do with cash. Because, you know, you might go and say, oh, I need to buy, you know, a pair of pants and a shirt. But because you have a credit card and they say they have the sale and you end up buying a couple shirts. Like, for me, I love going into, um, you know, the local home, home improvement store and buy the latest and greatest power tool, they're usually like $300. And for me to sign with a credit card, I feel no pain, so I don't. But if, if I actually had to put the $20 bills one at a time, like, do I really want to pay $300 for this power tool? And same with, with, with any other purchases. We, we can spend just a little bit more because we don't feel that pain when we sign on the dotted line. <clears throat> um, credit cards are a lot like guns. They can either help or hurt depending on how they are used. Fortunately, like, like a lot of Americans, I got burned by credit cards. That was part of my $40,000 in debt when I was in college. You don't end up usually making some huge trip to Paris or something. What you do is you do a lot of little purchases here and there, and they add up over time. Um, for those in debt, I recommend you know, avoid credit cards like the plague. And no, you can't put these oil blend on to avoid this plague. <laughs> you got to you got to avoid credit cards. That's a bad that's cards, corny. <laughs> yeah. But uh, even debit cards can be dangerous. But but aren't as bad as because you know they're drawing money out of your checking account. But again, you still don't feel that that initial pain by signing on that dotted line. Now, you probably heard of the debt snowball plan, right? For getting out of debt uh before. Well, uh, I know there's, I know the one about um, where you take your your lowest balance, pay that, and then take you, you cut the fat and take the balance and put that into your lowest balance and keep rolling it up. Is that the same one? Right, correct. You know, so I mean, I love uh, Dave Ramsey calls it the snowball because you know that's a good analogy. Especially, um, do you guys have snow out there right now? Well, we we have some snow. We got about eighteen inches, but we uh, I know Chicagoland has. My mom said about thirty something inches. Wow! <laughs> so they're making lots of snowmen out there. <laughs> but yeah, like you said. So are you going to list all your debts, smallest to largest, their balances? You're not really worried about the interest rates. You know, you're not worried about which one has a higher interest rate. And then, like you said, so what you'll do is tackle that smallest one first, and so you'll either cut back on expenses or get an extra job or do something that makes some extra money. So let's say, uh, and so you're making the minimum payments on all your other debts, but that first one, let's say um, you, you make a $200 a month payment on that extra, so you can pay that off early. And so now you've paid that debt off, and let's say you're paying $300 a month. So instead of going and getting a new car payment or buying a new cell phone, you're used to you know paying towards that towards debt, so you apply that to your next smallest debt. And so you just keep applying that one after the other. And unfortunately, a lot of people might have, you know, with their credit cards, their car payments, school loans, 
they might have $1,000 a month going towards debt. So as you tackle each one, by the time you get to your last debt, uh, minus your mortgage, um, you, have a, you might have $1,000 going towards that. So that really helps uh, get that. But the reason why you're not really concerned about interest rates is, you know, you're trying to figure out the math and so on, is because let's say your credit card with the highest interest rate um, has a high balance and that's going to take you a long time. And so you're, 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 you're working hard at paying off your debt, you know, the first couple months, but then it's like, man, I'm not making any progress. And so you kind of give up. Whereas by having the smaller one there first, it might take you a few months and maybe the fourth month you pay that debt off. And then a couple months later you pay off another debt. So you have those victories to help you along the way to keep you motivated um, towards success. And so again, it's kind of a, uh, a mental challenge. Uh, do you want a good recipe for getting out of debt? Yes, I'm sure. I, I know most people do because they're in the hole up to their eyeballs debt. Right. So another good recipe is turn your oven to 400 degrees, go get a cookie sheet, and then put all your credit cards and debit cards on there and stick in the oven for about an hour, okay? That's, that's awesome. That's, that's, yeah. So that, that's a good recipe as well. Again, for those who are having challenges with credit cards. Again, you know, obviously once once you get to a point where you can handle credit and you're out of debt, you know, um, it's great for getting gas because who wants to go in and pay for gas and different things. But, again, you want to use it for uh, convenience. But let's say you have an area like, um, you know, if you really, like, for us guys, I love electronics, you know, so I won't go into Best Buy with a credit card, you know, because then I'll be too tempted to buy, buy something. So if I go in there, I go in there with cash. So if there's an area in which um, you have a challenge with, then it's going to cash, even though you might not be in debt. So that's, that's you know, another uh, trick there. I'm often asked, should I refinance my mortgage to, you know, get the equity out of the house to pay off these high interest rate cards? And I say, well, while consolidating your debts makes math, uh, sense mathematically, unless you change your behavior that got you into debt in the first place, you'll find yourself back into debt, probably even more debt. And you'll have maxed out your credit cards again and then lost your equity in your home. So first what you need to do is solve the root of the problem, which is our spending habits, and not just the symptoms, which is the debt. So after changing behavior, I usually say, you know, if you can live successfully for six months on a budget, then that's, that demonstrates changed behaviors. Then it might make sense to, you know, refinance your house to get some of the equity out to, uh, you know, pay some of those higher interest rates off. You know, some people dream of winning the lottery to get out of debt, you know, the kind of the quick uh, out there. And I don't know uh, where you're at, but, you know, here in Texas we hear commercials all the time that says uh, you can't win if you don't play is a popular advertising slogan for the lottery. But they really should finish it with a sentence, not that you'll win if you do play. Um, I once took a look at a Texas lottery ticket. I had to see what um, the odds of winning were. You know, um, I looked on the back and it said the chance of matching six out of six numbers is one in 25.8 million. I don't know about you, um, but those odds are kind of hard to fathom. Um, you're 50 times more likely to get hit by lightning, one in 576,000, than you are to winning the lottery. Uh, what I learned uh, when I was in college taking statistics, uh, my professor helped me visualize the wins 
visualize the odds of winning the lottery. He said picking the right combination numbers is like picking the correct inch between Chicago and Pittsburgh. Isn't that crazy? Uh, there's 6, or there's 63,350 inches in a mile, so there's roughly 400 miles between Chicago and Pittsburgh. So, you know, that kind of helped me visualize that better. So I usually, you know, tell people, don't waste your money on lottery tickets. You know, if you, want, if you must gamble for fun, uh, you might have better odds in Vegas, but even there, you know, your odds are against you. But another reason why playing the lottery is a mistake is it comes from the wrong motivation. You know, we all know there's no such thing as a free lunch, right? And so, you know, thinking um, there's some easy way, you know, to, to get wealthy, you know, doesn't get our, our, our minds working in the right direction. And so, you know, I recommend, you know, people spend their uh, money, you know, hard work and time towards building their young living business. So that's uh, step number six is killing your debt. And so if you see on the map, it shows um, 40%, 40%, and 20%. So, um, again, let's say you're spending $1,000 towards all your different debt payments. So you would take 40%, which would be 400, and apply that towards your home, 40% uh, towards a complete emergency fund, and then 20% towards increasing your lifestyle. So, again, um, you've worked hard up to this point, and you can have some fun. Uh, but you still want to use more of that towards achieving your financial goals. Also, that reminds me, as you achieve these different steps, you know, um, make some um, rewards for yourself. You know, obviously appropriate to, the, to that goal, that achievement, but, you know, have something to look forward to, say, when I achieve uh, this step, I'm going to do, you know, X, Y, and Z, and um, make it um, motivating as well. Now, step number seven um, is a complete emergency fund. And, you know, so again, step three was that partial emergency fund of $1,000. But now we're going to build that into a full emergency fund. Six to 12 months, you know, some people, you know, like a bigger amount of money, um, gives them more uh, security, and so they go with it for 12 months. Other people, you know, um, go with a smaller amount. But it's really based on your personality. Um, and so what I recommend is, um, you, you ladder your CDs, and I'm not talking about your music collection, but uh, these CDs are um, bank certificates of deposit. And you probably see billboards or advertisements for those all the time, right? And basically what it does is it locks your money in typically six months a year, or you can even get you know two or five year long CDs, but it gives the bank the ability to lend your money out longer because they know that you're locking your money in for a certain amount of time. And so let's say you save, you know, $48,000 in an emergency fund. And so what you would do is, by what I mean by laddering is, uh, you would divide that number by 12, which is 4000 So each month you would buy a new $4,000 CD. Because typically when you have an emergency, you're not going to need all your money at once. You know, you'll need more than you normally have. Uh, but typically you just need basically about one month's worth of uh, your expenses. But if you need to access, you know, a second month, you can do that as well. There's just a slight penalty, but it's not that bad. And so, um, again, so every month you buy a new CD, and so eventually you have 12 CDs at 4,000 each. And so the year goes on, and hopefully you don't have an emergency, and so you just buy a new CD for a little bit more because of the interest you've earned. And the other nice thing about laddering your CDs is, you know, if I have $48,000 sitting in the bank, 
I'd be like, oh, look at that brand new car. I think I'm going to go buy that with cash, you know. So it makes it kind of harder to get to, makes makes that temptation not as easy there. The other great thing about having a complete emergency fund is you can start uh, positioning yourself to be self-insured in some areas. So a lot of people, depending on, you know, what kind of car they have, you know, if they have a newer car, they might have a $250 deductible. Um, if you have an older car, it might be $500. But if you increase your deductible up to, let's say, 500 to 1,000, you can reduce your monthly uh, premiums on that auto insurance. And so you just kind of do a quick math. You say, okay, by increasing my deductible, it would take me so many years to break even. But after that break even point, then you're ahead. Uh, same with your um, homeowner's insurance. You know, a lot of people have maybe a thousand or $1,500 deductible. Again, increase that deductible because you have all this money and laddered CDs, again, that'll help reduce your premiums, which uh, helps you spend that money somewhere else. Any questions on that? No, I think it's really, really good. And um, you were talking a little bit earlier when you were talking about killing the debt and then doing some celebration and rewards. Are you talking about the lifestyle increase or are you just talking about a little party that you're having and it's like a, a goal once you re reach that, then have a little, you know, when you get to that point, then you'll take a two-day vacation or something like that. Is that the same or are those two different? Yeah, those are different. Again, like so, you know, like have, let's say someone's working and they get that $1,000 emergency fund. You know, they could um, think of something that they would like to do that's inexpensive, you know, 30 or $40 to go celebrate. And then as they do bigger things that are like, you know, I'll be talking about in step number eight, um, you know, paying off your mortgage, that would be a huge party because, again, that, that's a big accomplishment. So it's kind of proportionate to what they've achieved. But, again, sure. to have something to kind of look forward to um, on, on something like that. You know, someone could say, you know, once I get all my, my um, you know, for step number six, they could say, you know, if they didn't earn the silver and six, uh, program, you might say, well, once I hit, get done with step number six, I'm going to buy the Aroma Complete Kit, you know, something mm -hmm. like that, something big, because that's a big deal, you know, by the time you've gotten rid of all your consumer debt. Awesome. Cool. I was just wondering that. I just didn't want to interrupt you, so. <laughs> yeah, no. No, thanks. <clears throat> now, still on step number um, seven here. You know, the wealthy allocate their time and energy and money effectively to create wealth. They don't waste their time. And, again, time is our most precious commodity. And I like to thank all the, you know, the callers in for, you know, taking their time to spend with us because, you know, they could be doing a lot of other things, but they're working on their finances. We can always replace money but not time. The average millionaire works 59 hours a week, not 80, but definitely more than 40. So a lot of us have, you know, a regular job. And so spending another five to ten hours a week on your young living business will really help you work towards your financial freedom. Now, how do the wealthy find time to develop their wealth? By learning to say no to those things that don't contribute to their financial success. Jen, have you ever fasted or know someone who has fa fasted? I fasted this morning. <laughs> I know, oh. yes. <laughs> okay, great. So you fasted for a short period. Now, fasting is active temporarily abstaining or saying no to food. And 
if we can say no to something as important as food, then we can surely say no to other things like TV, uh, shopping, you know, different things that might uh, eat up our time, which interfere with us working towards our goal of financial freedom. So, you know, in our home, we don't have cable or satellite TV, and so that helps us work towards uh, working uh, towards financial freedom. Now, I often hear from people who say that they don't have any money to invest while they're holding a Starbucks coffee money. Uh, David Bach, author of many great financial books, calls it the latte factor. That little amount of money we spend every day that adds up into a whole bunch. So thanks to you know our banks, they make it real easy for us to make automatic um, deposits from you know, our, our checking account into savings in different areas. So step, we're, we're up to step number eight now, home sweet home. Now, not all debt is equal. You know, bad, uh, bad debt is money wasted on uh, depreciated items like cars and electronics. But good debt is leveraging your money with OPM, which is other people's money, to build up assets like owning a home. But don't let the great American dream become your American nightmare. Make it your goal to have a debt-free home in 15 years or less. Jen, do you know what PMI is? PMI. Not specifically, no. Okay. Well, banks make you pay uh, PMI, which is private mortgage insurance, if you don't have oh, at least yeah. a 20% 20, a 20 down payment. This isn't to insure you, but to insure them, because if they have to foreclose on you, they're likely going to lose money on the house, so this helps reduce their, their losses. So I recommend people, once they... You know, if you're, you know, it's okay to rent for a while and save up that 20% uh, down payment. But if you're already in a, a mortgage and uh, let's say you didn't start off with that 20%, but now that you have 20% equity in your home, then you need to contact your lender and say, hey, I've got, um, uh, get it reappraised and show that you have 20% equity, and then they'll drop the PMI, and then that gives you more money each month to uh, help pay off that mortgage. Now, one of the challenges of, you know, doing a telephone call is, you know, some of the stuff I need, like um, graphs and charts and so on. But I'll try to explain a little bit on, you know, a 30-year versus a 15-year mortgage. Now, typically, you know, a lot of people think, well, if I go from a 30-year mortgage to 15, I'm going to double my payment. Well, that would kind of make sense, but really it's not that way because you're going to pay less interest in principle overall. So let's say your your 30-year mortgage was $900 a month. A 15 for the same house would probably be only about $1,200. So it doesn't double it because, again, you're paying less interest over time. I'm not sure how much houses cost up near you, but here in Texas, you, know, you can get a decent house for $150,000. And if you get a 30-year mortgage, you're going to pay over $170,000 in interest over 30 years, so almost double. But if you get a 15-year mortgage, um, you're only going to pay about 70000 you know, less than half of an interest than you would have by cutting the time in half. And so, um, again, it's kind of hard to explain over the phone, but that's just that's real quick there. But I had promised uh, in the email that I would uh, tell people how to get a 0% a home loan. Uh, do you want to know how to do that, Jen? Yeah, I saw that when you first put that out, and I was like, that's a really good thing that I think people are going to want to know about because I am curious actually about it myself. So please share with right. us. Right. And then if you notice, when I put it, um, I sent it to you for the email, 
I put it in quotes because, again, obviously uh, there's no banks that give you a 0% loan. But what you do is, you know, just like anything in life uh, and stores in different places, um, you don't have to pay retail. You know, as Young Living distributors, we buy our oils at wholesale price, right? And the same thing you can do with the house, and that's called a foreclosure. So instead of paying $150,000 for this house, you can buy it as a foreclosure for maybe $135,000. But so you do that, you buy a foreclosure, and then you you get a 15-year mortgage. But now because you've killed all your debt, you double or triple your mortgage payment. And because again, you know, if people add up all their consumer debt, their credit cards, their car loans, their student loan, they typically add up to at least the mortgage payment, if not more. So again, you're used to not uh, spending that money, so now you apply that towards your mortgage. So if you double your mortgage payment, um, you can pay off your house in seven years versus 15. And so in seven years, um, your principal plus your interest will be less than what your house is worth. And so essentially you've earned a 0% mortgage because you paid uh, less uh, in total expenses in your house as well. Oh. Does that make sense? It totally makes sense. Yeah. And so, again, a lot of people are like, well, I'm only paying 4% on my mortgage, but, again, that's 4% is on, like, a huge amount typically, a couple hundred, $300,000. And so by paying it off early, you can, um, you know, save a lot of interest. And, you know, like, in seven years, you know, I think I've seen, I don't think car loans are at seven, but I think I've seen some six-year car loans, you know, where they'll say 0% for, you know, 72 months or something crazy like that. And so just imagine the time it takes someone to pay off a car, you could pay off your house. And the other thing is, and again, you know, this this probably wouldn't be your dream house either, but by, you know, you know, buying a house that you can afford and paying off, you know, the mortgage, then after that's paid off, then you start to continue to save that mortgage payment and then you sell that house and you buy a nicer house with cash. Because, again, as, as houses get foreclosed on, different deals. Oh, that reminds me, I had a friend of mine who bought a house with cash. And so typically when when you buy a house and you get a loan, even a 15-year loan, it takes, you know, 30 days to close. you got to fill out, you know, umpteen pages of paperwork. But when you buy a house with cash, it only takes a couple sheets, and typically you can get a really good deal because that seller knows that, hey, I can I can sell my house tomorrow, guaranteed, or I could wait 30 days and maybe the house deal will fall through. And so, again, you can get even a better deal that way and just work your way up to nicer, nicer homes and not give the bank your money. Pretty cool, right? Yeah, that is really cool because the you know people often feel that their mortgage will always be um, something that they have to pay. And so, if somebody you, you probably know this number, what would be a good number if people could add on, say, to a thousand dollar mortgage that would really hammer down that principal? If someone could add on, like, do you have any numbers? Like, if someone adds on a hundred dollars a month or fifty dollars extra a month, it takes so much off of a thirty year mortgage. Do you know that number? Um, I don't have my financial calculator on me right now, but yeah, typically, you know, a lot of people do where you you pay your you 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 do a like a, either a weekly payment.
payment on your mortgage, and so twice a year you have an extra payment. Yes. Does that make sense? So they do 13 months. And, again, by doing uh, having 13 payments in a year versus 12, again, that takes several years off your, your mortgage. But, you know, anything you have that can go towards it, because, again, there's there's software out there where you can uh, you can plug in your numbers, but you know a dollar today is like you know ten twenty dollars off the back end on a big thirty year mortgage, and so any extra amount would be a good amount. And I'll explain like the next step, and uh, that kind of takes me into step number nine. And the reason why I have you know paying off your mortgage before I have you investing, let's say into an IRA or something like that, is because you know there's no guarantee in the stock market. Uh, Warren Buffett, his rules for investing is rule number one, don't lose money. Rule number two, never forget rule number one. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And so, you know, the only time I tell people to, you know, invest in the market ahead of time is because maybe their employer matches. So if they say if you put 5% of your paycheck into your IRA, we'll match at 5% or 2.5%. Well, you'd want to do that because that's, you know, 100% or 50% return on your money. And so where else are you going to get that sort of return? But if they don't match, then, again, it's better to pay off your debt and your mortgage because you have a guaranteed rate of return there. And so typically, you know, a lot of people say, well, how much money should I start investing uh, in my future? And the investing, again, could be used towards paying off debt or mortgage, et cetera, but you know, the typical American works 40 hours a week, and so that's, you know, eight hours a day. And so recommend, imagine that first hour of every day you go into work, you're working for yourself because we have to pay our taxes and different expenses. But visually, mentally think, okay, this first hour I'm working for myself. So one divided by eight is 12.5%. So that should be our starting point for investing. So whatever our gross paycheck is, just, times that by 12.5%. And then as time goes on, you'll increase that amount. I'm not going to go a whole lot into, again, you know, there's traditional and Roth IRAs. Basically, a traditional talks about you get your tax deduction today. You know, I don't want to bore everybody with that. But anybody interested in, you know, doing um, the stock market, whether it's through mutual funds, or um, individual stocks, I highly recommend it's called The Losing Game. The book is called The Losing Game by T.E. Scott and Stephen Edge. And they kind of explain, you know, the behind the scenes on the stock market. And I, we kind of talked about that last time about hot potatoes, but you called it some other game, right? I think played, it's rich man's gambling. <laughs> right. No, you were saying you played with some cow patties or something? Yeah, I don't remember. I know I had said something. Yeah, something funny like that. But So that's a good book to read on that. And then, and then some folks are doing is because of the volatility in the stock market, no guarantee, is they're, they're putting their IRAs on hold and taking part of that 12.5% that they were putting towards their IRAs and reinvesting into their young living business. Because again, you know, as we work harder and smarter at our business, we can we can have some control on our results versus sending our money to some company some hundreds of miles away, hoping that they go up in value. And so again, it's looking at 
what can you do to increase your net worth? And, and that's a thing that a lot of people are doing as far as just adjusting how they're investing their current funds into their business. So step number 10 is a life launch fund. You know, so inst instead of a college fund that a lot of, you know, parents do for their children, I like to call it a life launch fund to help jumpstart your children's success in life uh, because, you know, not every child wants to or should go to college. You know, they might want to start a business. Um, our daughter, she already wants to start. Uh, she's 12, and she wants to start young living, so she has to wait until she's 18. But, again, um, starting to get her involved with our business. Um, other other children could go to trade school. Uh, now, you know, financial education should be taught at home. And so what I, I teach folks is uh, the 10-40-50 ratio. So when your children are young, let's say in elementary school, you teach them, you know, 10% you give to your church or your favorite charity. You save 40% for, you know, your first car or college. And then they get to spend the other 50%. Because, you know, as adults, we don't get to spend all our money, right? And so we should, um, you know, train up our children not to uh, get in that habit either. And so when they're young, you know, use the uh, KISS method. You know, keep it simple, Steve. Uh, nothing fancy. Um, again, just, you know, some people don't like to give their children an allowance. They're thinking, well, why should I give them money to do chores around the house? But really what you're doing is you're giving them money so they, they learn how to handle it at home uh, versus, you know, when they leave the house. Now, obviously, they can always do extra stuff um, to earn extra money, but um, they should have a, you know, basic allowance so they learn um, about finances. So once they get to junior high, I recommend you know starting to increase the responsibilities, you know as as they get um, better handle with their finances. So you might say, okay, I'm going to spend X amount of dollars on some of your activities or entertainment, and so you say, okay, I'll, you you give that to your child to, to manage. So if, if they want to go out to the movies with their friends and they spend it all on that first weekend of the month then they, they have nothing to do for the rest of the month. So it kind of teaches them how to um, budget for different activities and so on. So that's a good um, method. And again, when they're young, you open up a savings account. And then junior high, you get, you get them a checking account. So they start learning how to, to manage the checkbook. And then in high school, you know, I recommend get them a debit card so they can start learning how to use um, plastic properly. Again, because it comes out of a checking account, uh, it's not as dangerous as a credit card, but still they'll have that temptation to spend more than with cash. It just makes it a little bit more convenient. But um, again, just learning these principles at home versus you know, being off in college or on their own the hard way. The other great thing, as, you, as your young lady in business grows, you'll need to hire more help. And so hire your children, you know, use that tax benefit and um, pay your children to help, you know, maybe make copies, put, putting packets together. There's, you know, there's lots of different things um, children can do to help run your young living business that helps prepare them for when they get older. Our time is kind of running up. Go ahead. I was say, do you think a lot of people, um, especially when they're out of either in college or young adults, have a lot of issues with money and credit cards because of 
you know, they, they weren't mentored properly about this when they were kids or, you know, it seems like, like what you said earlier with the generations, you know, some of, you know, people's parents and grandparents didn't even have access to credit cards and now kids are starting to get them on their 17th and a half birthday and people, I'm sure you know so many people that go into debt even the first year in college. Do you think like this, what you're talking about would really help the kids not get into trouble as much as, you know, going and not having the education and winding up wrapped up all in debt? Right. I mean, unfortunately, you know, for me, I was a hard learner. And, you know, parents could say, you know, that stove is hot, but I got to touch it. And same same with, you know, using a debit or a credit card. If you do it, do it while you're at home and you make mistakes, you know, small amounts, you know, a couple hundred dollars, you learn from that versus, you know, I was, my story is in high school I mowed lawns and so I was making a lot of money. But then when I went to college, I was making a minimum wage, and but my spending habits were the same as when I was in high school. And so I got a credit card application in the mail, and I thought, wow, my problems have been solved. And it was real easy to, you know, get all that uh, credit card debt, but then it's so hard to dig out of it because uh, I didn't, ha- didn't have that experience on how to handle it properly. So, again, by doing that at home, kind of that crawl, walk, run philosophy, and again, just learn, and then and, they, and then they can learn. You know, and each child is different. One child might really handle it well and say, "Okay, I can handle a credit card." Another child might, you know, bomb ter- terribly with their debit card and say, "Okay, well, this child knows that you know they got to stick with cash for all, a bit longer because they can't handle the plastic." But it, again, it's better to learn younger and smaller amounts than older and big amounts. Mm, definitely, especially under the guidance of a parent to help them. Right, because again, you know, the credit card companies—they know they're going to make money, and it's crazy that they're going to, they, that they give college students credit cards, but they know, well, you know, if the kid can't pay it, you know, they're going to go to their parents, and so it's just—it's really kind of sad there. But and a couple other things, you know, we're looking at again getting. Um, children involved with with their business and um, our um, our enroller um, our real crown diamond uh, Deborah Rayburn was uh, counseling us the other week and she was saying you know our organization is really kind of wide right now and so um, my uh, mother-in-law she, she she doesn't really want to build the business um, but she enjoys oil so we talked to her and what we're going to do is we're going to build her leg for her uh, with the idea that once Kayla turns 18, then she can sell her business that we've been building to, to my daughter to give her a jump start. So even though she's 12, we can have six years of trying to build her business using um, our, our parents' um, um, leg. And so, because the great thing is, you know, done properly by contacting Young Living, you can sell your business um, or will it or whatever uh, to your children, and so this is just a, me- a method um, to help for those who might have children that aren't old enough to start their business and ha- have a relative that enjoys the oils but don't want to build the business. So uh, that's just an idea that we we heard a few weeks ago. Mm, good idea. Going there, so, but wow, you know, just another great night of you know sharing some 
um, more ideas on getting ahead financially to make 2014 uh, your best year yet. And I really appreciate you letting me share uh, some of these ideas. Yeah, I know since the last call you said that, um, well, the last call, for those of you that haven't listened to that one or maybe you're now listening to the recording, but Steve had had his other, his Young Living version of the book was being drafted and switched from his initial waging war on debt. And since then, quite a bit has happened only in a few weeks. What's going on with that? It's really exciting, and I want people to celebrate it with you. Yeah, thank you. Well, nothing's uh, set in stone yet, but um, I'm in uh, uh, talks with uh, life science publishers. Uh, you know, they do a lot of great uh, products for us in Young Living, and they like the concept of my book. And so we're just working out the details right now, but instead of me trying to get it out there for people, they've got a great, uh, obviously, uh, pipeline that's reaching out a lot of uh, distributors. And so this this would get my book into more hands than if I tried to do it myself. And so yeah, I appreciate absolutely. the prayers for that. Yeah, and, that uh, is really awesome. Because, you know, I've covered a lot in these two calls, but, again, there's so much more in the book because of graphs and charts that, you know, a picture's worth a thousand words. But the other part is I have an appendix that has a lot of business building worksheets um, that, again, will help uh, people out. And so, and it, again, it's very duplicatable. As, as you're working on your own finances, you, a book you can share with your whole team. So everybody's kind of on the same sheet working towards their finances. And then you can let, you know, your sponsor know, hey, I'm working towards these goals. And you can be the same accountability for your downline as they're trying to achieve their goals for financial freedom. Yeah, and your 11 by 17 posters are fantastic um, because the little 8 by 10 is fine, but like you said, the bigger one, I love it because you can color it in and make it bright and put it on the refrigerator or put it in a frame and or put it on the cork board and really keep it somewhere in your attention. Because a lot of times we do these things and we don't keep it in our, you know, right in front of us, you know, like vision boards and things like that. And the bigger one, I think, is fantastic for making colors on there or putting on little stickers or, or whatever to get, you know, you know, like you said, the goals. Because on the right side, you've got where people where either have their goals in there or when they achieve that, you know, they can put it in pen once they achieve it. And it would be um, really advantageous to have the bigger one. And so I know, too, I, this is a lot of information, and I know that people are like, oh, goodness, I don't even know where to begin or what to start or what to do. Do you do any, like, one-on-one -on -one type of coaching if people needed your help? Right. Well, thanks for bringing that up. Uh, be, you know, besides, uh, like you said, being Young Living Silver, I'm also a Dave Ramsey certified financial counselor. So 12 years ago I got trained uh, by Dave, and then since then I've been helping individuals and families. Uh, and the great thing about, you know, getting me as a, a financial coach is, again, uh, being a Young Living distributor, you know, I'm, I'm working towards the same goals that, that everybody on the call is working towards, is building their business. And but, so what I do is I offer one-on-one um, -on -one, um, coaching, and so we meet via telephone, Skype, or FaceTime, whichever is easiest for, for um, the individual. Obviously, anywhere in the country is fine. Uh, we do an initial meeting, uh, and then I develop a um, personalized plan for them because – 
again, you know, these concepts are real simple, but um, pers- the challenge with personal finance is, is that it is personal. <laughs> but by yes. having a, a, a third party who has no, um, who has objectivity, you know, can say, you know, here's some recommendations. Obviously, they still have to do it, but again, it's just bouncing the idea off of someone who's not emotionally tied to those decisions, but uh, has the experience and knowledge. And then we meet for several months because what happens is I help you develop your own budget based on your goals and your personalities. I love the budget, and I, I have all these spreadsheets. My wife hates the budget, so, you know, it depends on the personality, what they like, and one works for, for some and one doesn't for others. And then, um, and, you know, take, they say it takes 30 days to uh, develop a habit, but when it comes to finance, it takes a lot longer because, again, each month is different. And so you have to adjust your budgets and get comfortable at doing that. And also um, you have the ability for, you know, emailing questions and answers, phone calls, you know, get that urge to make that big ticket purchase and you can give me a call and I'll remind you, hey, you've got these goals you're working towards. And so a lot of financial counselors, they charge over $800 for that, um, that four-month program. But I have a special uh, Young Living distributor offer for uh, 295 so with 100% satisfaction guarantee. Because I know that after our four months that you'll get thousands of dollars of benefit in our coaching. But if you don't feel like you got your, your $295 worth, then you get your money back. But, again, I've never had that problem because, again, by, um, I show people how um, to save thousands and make thousands more than they are currently. And, again, it's that accountability to have someone – you know, obviously, you know, the great thing about Young Living is we've got our sponsors and, and so on, our upline that helps us out, uh, but they might not be trained in finances like I am. And so they can kind of help you work towards some goals, but to have someone who has, has as much training experience as I do, it just adds that benefit. And you can be people... So you you could be people Susie Orman. You know how people right. call her, and then she says, "No, you can't afford it." <laughs> right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm trying to become <laughs> the Susie Orman, the Dave Ramsey uh, of Young Living. Yeah, absolutely. Well, super awesome. Wow. Well, thank you so much for coming on, and I know where you're going to be at convention, and you might uh, be able to share your message at convention. So we'll see what happens and. Let's cross our fingers, everybody, that, that this book gets ready to go and published and we'll have it for convention. Like, that would be super awesome because I've seen some of it because Steve sent it over to me and you're going to want to have it. Trust me. You're gonna, if there's nothing like it that Young Living has or Crown Diamond Tools or Abundant Health that have anything like this, it's a simple tool that you can prospect for or with in your business and use it for yourself. I, I really, really like it, Steve. So I hope that everybody, um, you know, like we all, I, I, I have a good feeling about it. I'll just tell you that I have a good feeling about it. So, um, well, thank you for being on. We're back at the top of the hour at 8 o'clock. So I'm going to go ahead and open the line for everybody to say goodnight to you. And hang on. Thank you so much. Thank you, Steve. Hey, everybody. Thank you. 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 Thank